the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. I uh, hope you're having a fabulous Saturday. And if you're tuning in, this is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi, and we are so excited to have you today on another podcast of uh, this uh, show that we titled Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with Al Fadi. Now, uh, last week, we did one of our usual updates from Facebook, and I do this, as I mentioned at the beginning of that show and at the beginning of any of my shows when I do that to help you if you are a friend on our Facebook page or if someone who is tracking with us to understand the rationale behind some of the posts that I have there. Some of them I call challenges or block challenge. I do indeed. I do block challenges. And the reason why I do that is I want to give people the opportunity if they make a bogus claim that first I ask him to either retract that claim or try to explain the rationale behind why they thought that way so we can help him correct it. And if they refuse to interact or refuse any of the other line of reasoning that is offered to them by me and other uh, team members of my th- my uh, friends who are part of our team, volunteers basically, fabulous volunteers, knowledgeable uh, in the word of God, if you refuse to do that, then we kick it up a notch and that we put their claim as one of our public posts. And we give them the opportunity now to deal with it. If they ignore, they get blocked uh, because the idea is we're not here really to promote falsehood, nor that we're here to just pamper and babysit people. If they're not capable of making sound claims and even defending it, then we're not here going to promote propagandas. Therefore, that in and of itself sends a clear message to their followers that this guy or this gal that you're following don't know what they're talking about. That's basically the idea so that they are not really being led astray by that person. And I say this because I get pushback sometimes from believers thinking that I'm just there to flex my muscles. No, we're not there to flex our muscles. We're there to set the record straight. I can care less about how many people follow me, by the way. It's not about numbers for me. It's about sending a sound message to our Muslim friends and helping you and enabling you with tools. So I'm not here to count numbers of how many people commented or how many people are following me. It is uh, God's thing, basically. He knows who's following and he knows why they're following. I'm interested in giving you facts, helping you to share it, interact in your own immediate sphere. Hopefully you have it in your own pages and have your own dialogues. And I can care less, really, if I have 50 comments and you take it and share it and you get 2,000 comments. That's great. You know, mission accomplished. That's all that we are trying to do. So in light of that, I want to just quickly share with you something, and then I'll jump into another topic. Um, uh, And on October 15th, I posted a challenge, one of those blocking challenges, and I call 24-hour blocking challenge. It's against 
particular person. I'm not going to mention names. You go there and you see for yourself. This person claimed that if you go to Mark chapter 9 and read Mark 9, 49, you will immediately realize that Jesus is saying all Christians going to go to hell. And in there it says for everyone. That's what Jesus is saying. For everyone. And then the person added in uh, brackets, Christians shall be salted. Then another bracket, burn with fire. Now, his claim, this person says that, look, Jesus says that all Christians are going to the hellfire, going to hell, basically. So why do you follow him? And you know what? Um, before I even looked at Mark 9, 49 to try to give the context, I was just immediately um, taken by this bogus claim. I mean, when in the world did Jesus ever say that anyone is going to go to the hellfire if you follow me? I mean, why wouldn't the word would he be the, the way, the truth, and the life if we're following to the hellfire? You know what's so funny, actually? It is the Quran that says every Muslim is going to go to the hellfire. A promise from the God of Islam. All of you will pass through it a promise from your Lord. I mean, that's the basically the concept and that's the, um, uh, you know, the translation of that particular verse. You can Google and say, Muslims go into hellfire, the Quran, and see the verse for yourself. I mean, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. In fact, when I have you right now as I'm talking here, I am going to Google it for you and we're going to say the Quran, all Muslims will go to hell. And I'll give you the exact reference right now. Will all Muslims go to hell on answering Islam? And the answer is absolutely yes. That's basically what the Quran is talking about. And here, um, it's found in chapter 19, verses 71 to 72. And it says, there will be no one of you who will not enter it. That's in reference to the hellfire. This was an inevitable decree of your Lord. Afterwards, he may save some of the pious. Notice, he will save who? Pious. He didn't say saving some of the sinners. No, he will save some of the pious, God-fearing Muslims out of the burning fire. There you go, right there. Chapter 19 of the Quran, verses 71 72. So I find it laughable, really, when someone come to my page and claim that my Lord, my Savior, Jesus Christ, actually is threatening to send us all to the hellfire. That's the funniest joke I have ever read, actually, when that happened. So we reasoned with this person, and we gave him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he misunderstood. That Come, come to find out that he inserted these words, you know, so he's trying to mislead Christians. He's trying to, uh, there's a lot of Christians, by the way, that I consider to be uh, babes in Christ or even we Christians. Not every Christian that I meet, I'm actually impressed by their knowledge, sadly. Uh, it seems to us that we don't take discipleship very seriously sometimes. So a comment like this by somebody like that can really mislead some Christians and they begin to think that Jesus is leading to the hellfire. So I have a responsibility as their shepherd, their pastor on my page, as a minister to draw the line and explain things. Number two. This guy is also misleading Muslims, and he's making Muslims think that Jesus is leading people to the hellfire. Therefore, Islam is a safe haven for them, when in fact he should have alerted them that it is Islam and the Quran in chapter 19, verses 71 to 72, that actually promised them by the God of Islam, a promise and a covenant that he made, that every one of you, I promise you, he says, will enter it, and then I'll decide to save some of the pious, some of the righteous out of the hellfire. Wow.
I mean, if that's not twisting truth, I don't know what you will call it. So when this person refused, we put a blocking challenge for the person. And we said, okay, please come over here and explain to us. Show us the word Christians in the Greek. You see, here's the problem with our friend. We know the Greek language, okay? We know what the manuscript in Greek is saying. Show us the word Christians in the Greek. Forget about the English translation. If you're really that knowledgeable, then show us in the original language that the word Christians is mentioned there. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Just go to 1 Peter 4, verse 16. The word was used there. Go to the book of Acts, chapter 11. The word Christians was used there. So use the word in Greek and go and search for it in Mark 9, 49. I mean, you can use interlineal, you know, passages these days of Bible Hub, for instance, you can see the English and the Greek right under it. You know, it's not that complicated for people. Go to blue letter, basically Bible, and show me the word Christians in Mark 9:49. What do you think we got? A drop of a pen. Nothing. Silent in the land. Of course, we expected this. So we went and tagged the person more than once until he finally, at the 11th hours, decided to show up. And you think he dealt with it? Absolutely not. He kept just harassing and attacking everybody. Well, we blocked him. And as a result of this, he's now have lost the access to our website, uh, access to our page, at least for now. Now, here is why we do this. We do this because we want to set the record straight. Our page is not a page for people to come and flex muscles and make false claims of propagandas. Okay? We're not here to promote propagandas. We're here to promote truth and truthfulness. We welcome any Muslim to come and reason. And by the way, I have a lot of wonderful Muslim friends. We don't agree on things, but they've been with me since the page was open. And I respect their opinion. I respect where they're coming from. I respect their zeal. It is okay for them to get upset with me when they read things like this that I put. I expect them to act this way. But at the same time, they reason with us and they dialogue with us and they take a give and take with us. I didn't block these people and they don't act obnoxious. They don't uh, you know, uh, uh, attack and insult people here. They just give and take with, with us. And that's the whole idea. That's the spirit of this page is to do things like this. So that's the reason why it is. Now, let me tell you the context, basically, of why Jesus was saying this. Really, chapter 9 of uh, the Gospel of Mark talks about discipleship. That's the main essence, the main theme in there is discipleship. So Jesus goes through a number of scenarios, number of teachings about discipling his disciples. And then towards the end, he mentions something like this. Before that, he talks about those who lead people astray. <laughs> what a funny thing, right? I mean, it's wondering uh, if this person missed that point about leading people astray when he posted such a bogus claim. But it's time from verse 42, talks about that. And then Jesus really talked about the idea that everyone uh, shall be salted with fire. Now, there is a number of opinions about this, but the two prominent ones is this. Either this is in reference to the ones who will be thrown in the hellfire who lead people astray, or you can look at it a different way. Salting people with fire, that means you are purifying them and you are getting them ready through trials. I mean, you can look at it in a variety of ways in the Bible. Uh, the word salting has to do with preservation and purification when you go through fire, fiery trials, okay? So, Either way, Jesus never said that Christians going to go to the hellfire. And number two, even if it is in reference to us as disciples going through fiery trials, well, this is not the only passage where Jesus talked about us 
being hated by the world, being persecuted by the world, being basically rejected by the world. I mean, you go to John 15 and Jesus talked about the world hated, is hating us because they've hated him first. You go to the beginning of John 16 and Jesus said, and the day will come when they will drag you basically out of the councils and the synagogues and they will kill you and they will think they're doing God a, uh, basically a favor. Jesus says that we need power from above. That's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that I will be with you. Jesus said, if you're captured, don't worry. You will be told what to say. And Jesus asked us to pray for those who persecuted us. Why in the world would he ask us to do this if he is not certain that we will be persecuted? Jesus said about Paul that he is my chosen vessel and I will show him how much he will suffer for my name's sake. And he will testify about me before governors and kings and authorities. Right there, before he even started his ministry, Paul already knows what he's up against. So why are we surprised then? But where did it say that we're going to the hellfire? Not through a fiery trials, basically. So that's why we did what we did. Now, speaking of that, let's talk now about why Jesus is our Savior. Because he is the only way, basically. And he's the one that the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20 to 21, that God made him sin, who knew no sin, so that we become the righteousness of God. Why? Because God wants it to reconcile the world to himself. Because we are basically not in good terms on good terms with God we have enmity with God we don't have peace with God if we reject Christ but we will have peace with God the minute we accept Christ and there is no judgment or condemnations against those who are in Christ that's why we are ambassadors for Christ we go to the world appealing to them basically saying reconcile to God that's the message why because Jesus came to die for your sin according to the scripture that he was buried that he rose again on the third day according to the scripture we have evidence of this in the gospel and other external evidence from the Bible that Jesus did all of that and accomplished it. So, can Muslims say for sure that they have that assurance? And the answer is no. And why do we need Jesus? Because he was made sin who knew no sin so that we become the righteousness of God because we are sinners. All have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. That's what the scripture talks about. Yet our Muslim friends reject the idea that we are born sinners, that we have this so-called the doctrine of original sin. Okay. Have it your way. That's usually the way I handle things. So let me ask then a following question. If we were to go to the story of the fall of Adam and Eve in the Quran, and it's mentioned, by the way, in a number of chapters, chapter 20, for instance, starting from verse 115, talks about it. You have chapter 2, starting from verse 35, talks about it. And a number of other passages as well in the Quran that deal with it. And you can compare it to the accounts of Genesis 2 and 3. Nevertheless, there is variation. After the fall, by the way, God in uh, the God of Islam in the, in the Quran talks to them about the fall in the plural. In the plural, not in the dual form, by the way. Because in Islam or in Arabic language, you can use a single, uh, singular dual and plural when you're addressing people. So in this case, God, the God of Islam, would have could have addressed Adam and Eve in a dual form when he says, get ye out from this garden, meaning both of you. But no, he says, get ye out of this garden, get out of this garden, all of you. Who's all of you? Satan have already fell, by the way, in case you're wondering if it was Satan. No, no, Satan has already fell. He was kicked out already. That's why he came back to antagonize God's plan, basically, by causing Adam and Eve to fall. Here, the, the scholars of Islam will say he's talking about Adam and Eve and their descendants. Right there. It says all of us fell from the presence of God. I like that. 
That's exactly what it is. But then let's look at another thing. Muslims will say, well, yeah, 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 after the fall, God basically uh, forgave Adam and Eve because Adam and Eve prayed to God and asked for forgiveness and he forgave them. There, there you go. There is no original sin. We're not born sinners. Okay, well, I have a couple of issues with this. One of those, if you look basically at chapter um, 20, chapter 20, I believe, uh, yes, verse 123, chapter 20 of the Quran, verse 123 says this. He said, this is Allah speaking, get you down, ihbuta, meaning in, in uh, basically uh, both of you get out all together in the plural, basically, with enmity one to another, with who? Enmity with Satan. But if, as is sure, there comes to you guidance from me, whosoever follows my guidance will not lose. And here is my million-dollar question. If Adam and Eve were forgiven, why is it that Allah promised that he's going to send him a guidance to guide him back to Allah? I thought they were forgiven. They were the first two of mankind. Wouldn't it have been easy for God to bring him back to the garden and we have a happy ever after ending and they will live there happily ever after? No, that didn't happen because they became sinners. And according to the Quran, the Quran mimic what the Bible message was is sinners don't have any presence in front of God. You cannot dwell in, in front of God and his holiness. So as a result of this, we have now the claim by our Muslim friends that somehow they were forgiven. But the idea is God, the God of the Quran says, no, I'm going to send you guidance. If you follow my guidance, you're fine. If you don't follow my guidance, guess what? You're doomed to go to hell. You're under condemnation, right? That's exactly the message that the Bible is preaching far before when the Quran came into existence 600 plus years later. Okay, so this is why we argue about the existence of the original sin in the Quran. And many of my Muslim friends reject this idea. Okay, I'm going to show you another thing. Muslims always will jump on the idea that, no, 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 no. Look what the Quran says. The Quran says, no one shall bear the sins of another. But here's a problem. If you really read how it is said in Arabic and even some of its English translations, you will begin to realize that it doesn't say no one can bear the sin of another. Here is what it says. Let's take a look at one of those passages. Chapter 6 of the Quran, verse 164 says, Say, this is the God of Islam supposedly asking somebody, and Muslim will say he's asking Muhammad to say this, Shall I seek Lord other than God, while he is the Lord of all things? No person earns any sin except against himself only. And no bearer, no, notice this a catch, no bearer of burden shall bear the burden of another. If you're carrying your own sins, you cannot carry the sins of another. What does that tell you about the concept then? People are sinners by the admission of the Quran. And because they're carrying their own sins, they cannot carry the sins of another. Where in the Bible did it say that Jesus was a sinner and he cannot carry the sins of another? He was made sin who knew no sin, so that we become the righteousness of God, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. That's why Jesus qualifies, and that's why also our friends reject the idea 
because they are denying the fact that even the Quran says that Jesus is sinless. In chapter 19 of the Quran, verse 19, he was promised to Mary as a sinless, holy, righteous person, son that will be born to her. And the Islam admits that Jesus remained sinless. The Quran admits that he was raised up to be in the presence of the holiness of God near Allah himself. So why are our friends rejecting what even their own book is talking about? I'll give you another verse in the Quran, chapter 17, verse 15. Whoever goes right, then he goes right only for the benefit of his own self. And whoever goes astray, then he goes astray for his own loss. No one carry, no one laden with burdens, no one laden with burdens. Notice, somebody is carrying burdens already, shall bear another's burden. Okay, well, that confirms basically what the, the Bible is saying. You're already carrying your own loads of sin, so therefore you cannot carry somebody else's sins and burden. That's why Jesus says, come unto me, O you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What's the problem? Jesus is saying this 600 plus years before the Quran make, made such a declaration, or at least in this case, shall I dare and say confirmation of what Jesus was saying and what the Bible is saying. Here is another verse in the Quran, chapter 35 of the Quran, verse 18. And no bearer of burdens shall bear another's burden. There you go. There you have it. Right there, it says that. Basically, you cannot do uh, carry someone else's burdens because you're already carrying your own. We get it. We're sinners. Of course, I cannot carry somebody else's sin. I'm sinner already. I mean, you're telling me I'm going to carry somebody else's sin and add more to my misery? Of course not. But Jesus can carry my sin because he's sinless and he never sinned, nor that he ever became a sinner. He was made sin, just like sin, not a sinner. He wasn't caused to be a sinner. He was made a sin, symbolically, carrying my sin. And as a result of this, I can become the righteousness of God. This is just a, a handful of evidence that you can find in the Quran itself. And this is a new series, by the way, that I'm going to be doing a lot of videos on. In fact, a number of Facebook Lives as well. We are going to hammer this point down. The Quran admits that people are sinners, they're born sinners, and the Quran acknowledges the doctrine of the original sin. And as a result of this, from the Quran alone, Jesus is the only qualified one that can bear the sins of another. If you've been tuning in, this is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al-Fadi. And this is yet another one of our shows, our podcast. And you can always go and listen to this one and any of our previous podcasts in a variety of ways. We have a big section on our homepage at sirainternational.com. It's called Let Us Reason. You can't miss it. You can go there and listen to the archive shows from the beginning since October 4th, 2014, all the way until at least when our platform SoundCloud interrupted back in April of this year. And then we now utilizing a different platform called Omni Studio. So you can go to soundcloud.com, search for Let Us Reason, listen to at least three plus years, or you can go to the new one, Omni uh, uh, Studio, and listen to the new ones. And also we encourage you to go to our YouTube channel, Sira International, subscribe to it, 
And we beg of you that you consider to become also a Patreon patron to support us financially if the Lord lays it on your heart with as little as $1 and as much as the Lord puts in your heart. This funding usually will enable us to stay on air, will enable us to produce more and more videos all the time and be able to minister to our Muslim friends and provide you with these tools by inviting fabulous people like Sam Shimon, David Wood, Jay Smith, and then we still have another lineup that will be coming next year as well. Thank you again for listening to us. We pray that you find this show as all of the other shows to be helpful to you. We thank you for your partnership. We thank you for your prayers for us. And we thank you for your ongoing support of our ministry. Until we meet again, have a blessed day. Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.